I am Dr. Barbara Kiel, and some clients of mine prefer to call me Dr. Bibi. And to be honest, I quite like it. Welcome to my podcast. To be honest, a podcast that is born out of mental health efficacy. I believe in the power of intention, and my intention for this podcast is to educate whoever wishes to listen, and to make a paradigm shift in how we perceive mental illness. I also believe mental health education is key, and that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is to invest. In your own mental health. Let's face it, we all need to learn how our minds work, and have the skills to deal with life's ups and downs. And more importantly, let us strengthen our ability to better connect with and support each other. Strong, empathetic. Nurturing and caring relationships have the power to prevent everyday challenges from becoming more concerning issues like mental illness. The responsibility to renew focus on your own mental well-being begins now. Let us set the energy of this episode together. You may wish to put your hand on your heart. And close your eyes, unless you're driving or operating some kind of machinery. Now take a deep breath in, and as you exhale, let your thoughts go. Let your worries go. Let any tension in your body go, and let your past go. Now take a moment to plug into the greater energy of the universe. Feel your heart, and imagine us all connected in a unified field of divine white light. And know that you are safe. All is well, and so it is. So take another deep breath in. And exhale out loud with a sigh. And when you are ready, slowly open your eyes. Hello, hello! Welcome back to To Be Honest, and a warm welcome to our first-time listeners. I believe in the last episode, I did promise that I will talk about the concept of archetype in the near future. And guess what? Today is the near future, so I'm going to introduce you to Carl Jung's concept of archetype. So, for those who don't know him, who is Carl Jung? His full name is Carl Gustav Jung. He was born in 1875 and passed in 1961. He was an influential psychologist who established the field of analytical psychology. 
Of course, when we talk psychology, we cannot disregard Sigmund Freud, who was an Austrian neurologist and the founder of psychoanalysis, who created an entirely new approach to the understanding of the human personality. Now, these two gentlemen, Freud and Jung, for a period of five years between 1907 and 1912, Carl Jung was Freud's close collaborator. He held important positions in the psychoanalytic movement and was widely thought of as the most likely to succeed Freud. But this was not to be the outcome of their relationship. Partly um, because of differences of viewpoint, the collaboration ended. Now, if you know my work, it's no secret that I am a big fan of Jung and not so much of Freud. Just a little bit of gossip. To my disappointment, just like Freud, Jung also had an intimate relationship with one of his patients. And by today's standard, both men's license to practice would have been revoked. So there you have it, my audience. Nobody is perfect. Carl Jung is the one who developed the concept of archetypes. Now, what are archetypes? Archetypes are universal, primitive, and symbolic patterns of behavior images, and themes that are present in the collective unconscious. So these archetypes are part of the human experience and shape our behavior, thoughts, and emotions. So in this episode, I am going to explore with you the concept of archetypes, obviously, their origins, and why is it important for me to share this concept with you and why it is important for you to learn about archetypes. In other words, their relevance to psychology, specifically to your own psyche. Okay, so the origins of archetypes. Jung believed that archetypes are inherited from our ancestors and are part of the collective unconscious, a shared reservoir of knowledge and experiences that are common to all humans. Hmm, you may be asking me now, what is collective unconscious, right? So according to Jung, the collective unconscious is common to all human beings. Jung also believed that the collective unconscious is responsible for a number of deep-seated beliefs and instincts, such as spirituality, sexual behavior, idealism, and life and death instincts. So, what is the purpose of the collective unconscious? According to Jung, the collective unconscious serves to inspire behavioral responses by utilizing archetypes to provide meaning to conscious experience. And an example of collective unconscious is Jung's concept of déjà vu. It came about uh, during a trip to Africa. Jung described a feeling of déjà vu when he viewed a slim black man leaning on a spear, looking down at his train as it made a turnaround, a steep cliff on the way to Nairobi. 
So he writes, and I quote. I had the feeling that I had already experienced this moment and had always known this world. Unquote. And there you have it. The concept of déjà vu was born. So, if you are someone that has experienced déjà vu, now you know where that term comes from. Jung also saw the collective unconscious as a way to explain why certain myths. Symbols and themes are present in different cultures throughout history. Jung also believed that archetypes are part of the human psyche and that they play a significant role in shaping our behavior, thoughts, and emotions. Now, my audience, don't worry. I'm not giving you a psychology lesson. So far, I shared with you、uh, some background on the concept of archetypes because I believe it is important to know the origin of it. What I'm planning to do is to teach you the four main archetypes from Jung's teachings. And then, most likely in the in the next episode, I am going to introduce you to another teacher of mine,、uh, Carolyn Mays, who is a medical intuitive and spiritual director, and her idea about the four main universal archetypes. That if you are my client, you know that I use that a lot to help you. Be more self-aware, and that is my objective for teaching Carl Jung's concept of archetypes. So don't go anywhere. Stay with me. It's going to benefit you. Jung identified four major archetypes, but also believed that there was no limit to the number that may exist. The existence of these archetypes cannot be observed directly, but can be inferred by looking at religion, dreams, art, and literature. For Jung, our primitive past becomes the basis of the human psyche, directing and influencing present behavior. So Jung claimed to identify a large number of archetypes. Since there are so many different archetypes, there is no way I can cover them all here, and therefore I have chosen the four major archetypes according to Jung's teachings. And the first one is persona. I'm sure many of you have heard of this term. The persona is how we present ourselves to the world, like a mask. The word persona is derived from a Latin word that literally means mask. Of course, it is not a literal mask. It's the outward face we present to the world. The persona represents all of the different social masks that we wear among various groups and situations. It conceals our real self. And Jung describes it as the conformity archetype. So this is the public face or role a person presents to others as someone different from who we really are, like an actor. 
And over the course of development, children learn that they must behave in certain ways in order to fit in with society's expectations and norms. So the persona develops as a social mask to contain all of the primitive urges, impulses, and even emotions that are not considered socially acceptable. The most common example of that would be boys don't cry. Right, and girls, you're not supposed to express your anger. It's not ladylike. In a way, the persona archetype allows people to adapt to the world around them and fit in with the society in which they live. It's sort of、um, a tool for survival, isn't it? However, becoming too closely identified with this archetype can lead people to lose sight of their true selves. The next main Jungian archetype is the shadow. The shadow is an archetype that consists of the sex and life instincts. You can say this is the animal side of our personality. It is the source of both our creative and destructive energies, in line with evolutionary theory. So it may be that Jung's archetypes reflect predispositions that once had survival value. According to Jung, the shadow exists as part of the unconscious mind and is composed of repressed ideas, weaknesses, desires, instincts. And shortcomings. The shadow is the part of us that we do not want to look at, as well as to hide from others. So the shadow forms out of our attempts to adapt to cultural norms and expectations. It is this archetype that contains all of the things that are unacceptable, not only to society but also to one's own personal morals and values. It might include things such as envy, greed, prejudice, hate, and aggression. Jung suggested that the shadow can appear in dreams or visions and may take a variety of forms. It might appear as a snake, monster, a demon, a dragon, or some other dark, wild, or exotic figure. So this archetype, shadow, is often described as the darker side of the psyche, representing wildness. Chaos and the unknown; these latent dispositions are present in all of us. Jung believed, yes, and I agree. Although people sometimes deny this element of their own psyche and instead project it onto others, we see it all the time if we are truly honest with ourselves. All right. Let's move on to the third main Jungian archetype, and that is the anima or animas, depending on your gender. The anima is a feminine image in the male psyche, and the animas is a male image in the female psyche. So the anima animas represents the true self. Quotation marks, rather than the image we present to others and serves as the primary source of communication with the collective unconscious. 
Okay, how can I simplify it?、Um, so the enema enemas is the mirror image of our biological sex. That is the unconscious feminine side in males and the masculine tendencies in women. I am pretty sure you've heard people say he is so secure he is not afraid to show his feminine side. And guess what? Our society still feels threatened if a woman asserts her masculine energy. A good example would be the U.S. former Secretary of State Hillary Rodham Clinton. Now it fascinates me to no end. Unlike her, the Americans adored her husband Bill Clinton. Right? He definitely has the archetype of enema, whereas Hillary Clinton has enemas in her. In other words. Each sex manifests the attitudes and behavior of the other by virtue of centuries of living together. The psyche of a woman contains masculine aspects, the animus archetype, and the psyche of a man contains feminine aspects, and that is the anima archetype. So, according to Jung, these archetypal images are based upon both what is found in the collective and personal unconscious. So, the collective unconscious may contain notions about how women should behave, while personal experience with wives, girlfriends, sisters, and mothers contribute to more personal images of women. Let's face it. In many cultures, men and women are encouraged to adopt traditional and often rigid gender roles. Jung suggested that this discouragement of men exploring their feminine aspects and women exploring their masculine aspects served to undermine psychological development. And based on my years of clinical practice, I cannot agree with Jung more. That's why I'm a big fan. So when we combined anima and animus, it's known as the syzygy or the divine couple. The word syzygy is s y z y g y, meaning a pair of connected or corresponding things. So, according to Jung, the syzygy combining anima and animus it represents completion, unification, and wholeness. Okay, the last main Jungian archetype is the self. The self is an archetype that represents the unified unconsciousness and consciousness of an individual. Creating the self occurs through a process known as individuation, in which the various aspects of personality are integrated. Jung believed that this harmony between the unconscious and the conscious mind could lead to psychological problems. Bringing these conflicts into awareness and accommodating them in conscious awareness was an important part of the individuation process. And Carl Jung suggested that there were two different centers of personality, one being the ego. The ego makes up the center of consciousness, but it is the self. 
that lies at the center of personality. And the second is personality encompasses not only consciousness but also the ego and the unconscious mind. So you can think of this by imagining a circle with a dot right at the center. The center circle makes up the self, where the small dot in the middle represents the ego. For Jung, the ultimate aim was for an individual to achieve a sense of cohesive self, similar in many ways to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. The concept of self-actualization. In his book, *The Undiscovered Self*, Jung argued that many of the problems of modern life are caused by man's progressive alienation from his instinctual foundation. One aspect of this is his views on the significance of the anima and the animus. Jung also argues that these archetypes are products of the collective experience of men and women living together. However, in modern Western civilization, men are discouraged from living their feminine side and women from expressing masculine tendencies. So for Jung, the result was that the full psychological development for both sexes was undermined, and together with the prevailing patriarchal culture of Western civilization, this has led to the devaluation of feminine qualities altogether, and the predominance of the persona, the mask. Has elevated insincerity to a way of life which goes unquestioned by millions in their everyday life. Please take note. Jung suggested that the number of existing archetypes was not static or fixed. Thereby, in the next episode, I am going to introduce you to the four archetypes of survival, and they are. Also universal. So thank you for listening, my audience. Until next week, stay safe, learn heaps, and find the courage to be aware of your own archetypes. Bye for now. You can find this podcast, to be honest, on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and my website, www.drbarbarakiao.com. D R B A R B A R A K I A O. dot com.